This week on Don't Panic, we talk about Android Wear and the future of Google on your wrist. We talk about Sony's new RoboCop VR headset. Uh, we talk about the price of Pandora, Google now on your desktop, the latest from Twitter. We play a little bit of trivia with actual or real wearables, and we have some great picks. It's a jam-packed episode, so stay tuned. Don't Panic is next. This is Don't Panic, episode number 39, recorded March 24th, 2014, on Wearing Android, Twitter Experiments, and Sony's Headset of the Future. Uh, yes! Hello and welcome to another exciting edition of Don't Panic, the podcast that dares ask the question, Where's the beef? I'm Sean Jennings, joined, as always, by the uh, man with the luxurious mane of hair, Dan Miller, um, and the man fresh off the beach, Colby Rabideau. Uh, guys, how's it going? Excellent. Good. Um, just out of curiosity, are we actually prepared to answer the question, where's the beef? Where's or the beef? are we just asking? It's rhetorical. It's not meant to be answered. It's a philosophical debate, really. Socrates once said, "Weareth the beef." Hmm. Huh. I'm. I'm just confused about the beef. I think like, to, to be it? to be honest, the answer is Wendy's. They ran the ad claiming that the other people didn't have the beef. Wendy's had the beef. So really, the answer is <laughs> it's sort of like when the TV show Who's the Boss? Angela. Oh. Angela's the boss. She hires Tony to come work at her house. Angela's the boss. It's not a hard question. <laughs> but we make it sound good. You know me, I love a good ad slogan. Um, wonderful. Well, thanks to all of you out there for joining us in Internet land. Uh, we appreciate your listenership and viewership. As always, we do this live every Monday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, uh, on our website, don'tpanic.io. There you get links to the audio, the video, the RSS, the iTunes, our Facebook, uh, all that good stuff. And you should definitely sit. Someone said to me the other day, wow, you guys are on iTunes? That's really impressive. And no, they let anyone on iTunes. But we are there. So if you <laughs> have iTunes, you can You're subscribe. not supposed to say that, Sean. It's, it's like an exclusive app store. You have to get accepted. It costs us several thousand dollars. It, we do it for you, <laughs> the people, uh, because we all know how much you love iTunes. Uh, so uh, check us out. Subscribe to us there and wherever finer podcasts are listened to. Uh, I suppose with that, then we should jump right into our top story. Okay, very good. Uh, the top story this week, Android Wear. Uh, it's been on the lips of the technorati for months. Uh, what are Google and Apple going to do for their wearables? Uh, they've been saying for the last couple months, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Well, good news... Uh, it's here, at least for Google. Uh, they announced uh, this past week Android Wear. Um, it is a specialized version, version, a specialized version of Android designed to power smartwatches and other wearable products. Um, let me get some details on it for you here. Um, several key features have been announced. Of course, we don't have any code or details. Uh, fitness is a key component. Google says you'll be able to get real-time speed, distance, and time information. Uh, it also means that Google Maps will be built in, so you'll be able to get direction, uh, directions on the watch. Uh, also, Google Now will be there. Automatic passive reminders will be sent via the smartwatch through Google Now. Uh, and the watch will also connect with Android smartphones, so you'll be able to get all your notifications uh, sent to the phone. There's also the OK Google active listening. Uh, to perform voice searches. And lastly, they're teasing a multi-screen functionality uh, from the smartwatches that connect to your phone. For example, Google says you can use a voice command to cast a video to your Chromecast or to get a certain song to play on your phone uh, using the watch. Uh, and as time goes on, as Android gets brought into mm -hmm. things like cars, tablets, all these other devices, you can see that going around. Uh, they're focusing uh, to make sure these watches look good. Uh, they have partners including Fossil and other fashion brands. Uh, current Android partners like Asus HTC. We saw pictures of LG's first device, the G Watch, uh, as well as the Moto 360, which is Motorola's uh, first Google Watch. Neither have any details particularly released about them, but it's expected we'll hear more at Google I.O., which happens June 25th and 20. Sixth, um, 
Wow. So uh, I'm going to put up some pictures here on my screen so you guys get a good idea of what it looks like. But what do you guys think uh, of what you've read so far of Google Wear? Android Wear. That's what I meant. Well, you know what no, I meant. Yeah, no, it's Android Wear, and that's interesting because hasn't Google kind of like, you know, disowned the Android name? Like they don't call anything Android anymore. Uh, like it's not the a, Android store, it's the Google Play store. That is an interesting point, although I would assume that anyone who agrees to um, be a partner on this somehow agrees to not put crapware on it. They, they must have really tightened it up, because I think that's I the only so. reason why they would agree to do that. <laughs> Hopefully they've learned their lesson. <laughs> Hopefully. You mean, Sean, you don't want to buy a watch with like NFL Sunday ticket installed? Galaxy, no, yes. I can just imagine uh, Samsung will have their version. It'll be the S Watch, and it'll have uh, you can write it's on it. Swatch. With a, it's going to come with a stylus, uh, and you can do four windows on it at once. Um, <laughs> you know, a it'll it'll be the size of your forearm. <laughs> it'll be like uh, Assassin's Creed, you know, where you shoot the knife out of your <laughs> wrist, and it'll, but it'll be a stylus. Yeah. <laughs> and you just, uh, no, so it's interesting. I, we got some pictures <laughs> on the screen now um, of the uh, what the watch is supposed to look like. It's interesting to note that it will come in both square and round varieties. Ooh. Wait, so uh, this is the the Motorola watch? No, these are renderings of the software. Oh, so this is... This these is are generic. Android Wear. Yep, okay. Just to give you an idea of what the notifications will look like, what um, what it'll look like when it's on your wrist. Uh, if I scroll down, so that is the Moto 360 we're looking at. Uh, it's going to come in two bands: one of that silicone plasticky and one of metal. Uh, it's a round watch face. Um, Thank goodness see. it has the little knob so that you can adjust the time during daylight <laughs> savings time. I'm I'm actually really curious to see what that does. It's got to do something. <laughs> the question is, like, do you push it and Google Now activates, or do you like twist it and it goes through your notifications? Like, or, yeah, like the the swiping on the Google Glass. Yeah, exactly. That could be. But they could just make this a touch screen. Eh? It is a touch screen. Wow. Oh, yeah. I don't know what that thing is for. Uh, and here's a picture of the spectacularly boring uh, G Watch from uh, uh, LG. It's a black rectangle. That's the only image they've released of it. Wow. Uh, yeah, go figure. But I'm excited. I think this Moto watch actually looks really slick. Um, obviously, we don't know things... Actually, we don't know anything about it. When it'll be available, the pricing, the internals, any of that, we know it will be a um, an LCD touchscreen, um, and it'll obviously have a, a microphone built into it, but outside of that, we really don't know much. I would recommend people go online, go on YouTube. There's a couple demo videos of both um, Google Wear and of um, these watches, um, and man, it looks it looks good. It looks really good. It's kind of like when everyone was saying, oh, you know, smartwatches have kind of sucked, but so Apple's going to be the one to do it right. Like, this is how I thought Apple would have done it. Except without the whole open platform thing. Right. Exactly. Now, the question is, will this work on any other platforms, or will this be Android only? Did they say that? Everything I've read, they haven't said Android only. They've said works with Android. So could it come for iOS at some point in the future? That wouldn't surprise me. I mean, there is the Google search app with Google Now already um, on iOS, so... It's not impossible, but it's no surprise either yeah. that they're going with Android first. I just think, I mean, if you think about this, as far as we can tell, it doesn't run apps. It doesn't really even run full programs. It pretty much runs Google Now, at least what they've shown. I mean, this isn't an open platform as far as they've announced. Again, we will know the details at I.O., but, um, you know, you can't, you're not, you're not going to be looking up Yelp reviews on this watch, at least as far as I can tell. You would do it through Google Now, which is an interesting strategy and certainly contrary to what Pebble's doing. I thought uh, you could make Samsung's an app for it, or can you only send notifications to it? As far as I've read, and again, 
this has not been fully released, but the SDK we talked about on last week's show um, talks about uh, the fact that they released an SDK, but I, I'd have to go... Let me, give me a second. You keep talking about other technology things, and I'll go back and look. But I, <laughs> I, I want to say it's not designed to... Um, yeah, they don't have any, like examples of that on here. It's all Google Now stuff, so I, I bet you're probably right. I bet you can only craft notifications to Google Now, but that in itself is interesting because that's not something you could do before. Only Google could craft notifications to Google Now. Like, if you made, uh, I don't know, something that notices where you are, and, like, if Foursquare wanted to send you a Google Now notification to say, hey, your friend went to this restaurant and has checked in here five times. Do you want to check it out? Uh, Foursquare could never do that. But now they could, but only if it gets sent to your watch? Or can this will this work for all Google Now things? Um, which, which part? <laughs> will I it mean, work for... Is it, is it only notifications that get sent to your wearable, or... Does that SDK allow you to essentially create new Google Now events? Um, in all honesty, uh, Google has not been the most forthcoming. Um, okay, so we don't know. No, I, I'm, I'm honestly cool, trying to find out. But. Yeah, 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 that's what I want, though. It seems weird that Google, the company that would make an operating system for your watch, wouldn't let developers send their own Google Now notifications. Yeah, I mean, all... Oh, all why? Are... Uh, all... When you, when you... <laughs> Go ahead, Coley. <laughs> much latency. Um... Wouldn't it, wouldn't it, like, display the push notifications you get on your phone anyways? Is like, does it not do that? We so don't know. So you're saying if you get a notification, would it only show up on your watch, or would it also buzz your phone? Or would it show up on the watch at all? If it's not a Google Now yeah. notification, or, if it's just a regular Android notification. Yeah. Right. Like, wouldn't your phone notification, like, don't... I don't know. I would. I. I would at least. I mean, maybe I'd want some control over it, but I would like want my notif to be able to get certain notifications on my wrist thing. Mm -hmm. Like, otherwise, what's the point? Like, Google Now is like cool, but it's not. It's not like there's not enough content there to to want to wear it on my wrist all the time. Like, it's not that much value. Yeah. So it has to be more notifications, is what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, Otherwise, I don't know. I think they're making a mistake. So, as you guys were talking and I wasn't listening, uh, I was uh, going through and rereading all the stories, including two weeks ago when we talked about the SDK. And as far as I can tell, Google has not said it will only run Google Now. They have only shown it running Google Now. The SDK they talked about said it would be easier for Android developers to work with wearables. That's all they said. So we don't really know much about it. So Google is doing this thing where they're, and I'm guessing, uh, running up through June, they're going to slowly be releasing little tidbits about it here, there, and, you know, little new features, little things, new hardware, pricing, things like that. They'll let it leak, and then we'll see at I.O. Uh, a full announcement with full details. So for now, we honestly don't know that much other than the fact that Google is really serious about... Um, wearables that Google Now is going to certainly be, at minimum, the center of uh, their wearable strategy, and uh, that they already have several partners with hardware uh, coming out at some point in the coming months. Cool. Sweet. So, they're teasing. They are. I just, I want it now, really, is, is, the, is the problem. Because this, it looks, at least from, and you know how that, you know, if you guys remember the very first Google Glass demo, um, it, it, it looked, we were all like, oh my god, I want that now, like, that's the coolest thing, and then the kind of, yeah. it got a little less exciting as time goes on, although to Google's credit, they hit most of that, at least what they teased, I mean, it wasn't one for one, but 
you know, if this sort of tease they've put out can live up to it, I'm certainly excited. Yeah, uh, so yeah. that's one of my worries about this, is it's very clearly not a thing yet. Like, those those pictures of the Motorola watch are very fake. Yeah, yeah, they, and it's funny, there's a, Motorola put up a video of them, like, behind the scenes making the watch. There is no finished watch, and it's like, you see guys working at a computer with a 3D rendering of the watch, or, like, the little laser thing cutting out, edging <laughs> it, but you never see the watch. Yeah. Uh, so, no, you're absolutely right, but if there's any company I'm comfortable with saying, here's something that may come, and then following through on it, I think Google's that company, and they've proven that. So I'm optimistic. If Microsoft, on the other hand, puts out a video and says, this is the future of computing, I'll say, well, now I know it's never going to happen because Microsoft said it. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, well, that's exciting. Uh, Android Wear, uh, Moto360, the G-Watch, all of which uh, we'll be looking forward to in June, where we will have wall-to-wall coverage here on Don't Panic of the Google I.O. conference. Um, but with that, unless you guys have anything else, we will move on to this. Yeah, all right. Uh, trivia challenge. And based on our top story, this week's trivia challenge is on wearables. Uh, and it's a true or fake challenge. So, You're going down, Colby. Uh, yeah, it's going to be head-to-head. I'm very excited. Um, and the question is, I'm going to give you the name and a extremely short description, and you have to tell me if it's an actual wearable or a fake wearable I made up. Okay? Ready. Very okay. simple. And how, are, how are we answering? Is this like a speed round? No. Um, I feel like I'm at a disadvantage right Well, now. I, I'll leave it up to you guys. No, last time we did true or fake, I had you guys agree and pick one answer between you. You can do that, or you can each pick one, but that'll be it. Which one will it be, Colby? Are you feeling agreeable um, or disagreeable? I'm feeling disagreeable today. All right. All right. So you'll pick separately. You can, you can pick the same, but you can also pick different. Uh, we'll start with Colby first. Uh, and the first one, it's called Wrist, and it is a fashion smartwatch. That's all I'm going to tell you about it. It's called Wrist, and it is a fashion smartwatch. No. No, you're saying it's fake. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a lie. It's a hoax. All right. Dan? I'm saying that just like the cake, this one's also a lie. You guys caught me. Wrist <laughs> is made up. That's not a real one. All right. Uh, how about this next one? It's called I'm Watch, I apostrophe M Watch, uh, and it is an Android-powered smartwatch. Dan, you get to go first on this one. I'll say it's real. Oh. What, what is that, Colby? Well, no, it's fine. Colby said it's real. I'm going to say it's fake. It is real. It is absolutely real. It has a color touchscreen. It's overpriced and terrible. came out, actually, I think two or three years ago. Uh, that's totally true. Okay, how about uh, for the next one, really? smartwatch? Uh, and I just wrote, it's a smartwatch. <laughs> a smartwatch named smartwatch. Is that true or fake? <laughs> Dan's shaking his uh, head. He thinks it's. Oh, I'm shaking my head at you. At me? <laughs> I don't know. What do you guys say? I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna say it's real. Just. Okay. Colby? I think... I guess I'm going to say fake. Colby's going to say fake. You're going to split it, and it is true. It is the name of Sony's smartwatch. It's called the smartwatch. Because it's <laughs> Sony. Know, after the I'm smartwatch, I knew that someone else must have certainly called it smartwatch. smartwatch. It seems so obvious. And wrist <laughs> was just a little... Too obvious. A little too obvious. Did you, get, right. did you get inspired for Wrist after seeing the smartwatch called Smartwatch? No, actually, I came up with Wrist first because I'm like, what would a fashion company name like their runway ready? It's Wrist. You know, like <laughs> lowercase W capital R, Wrist. Right, um, right. All right, how about uh, Go Band? It is a uh, fitness band. 
Oh, that's me now, isn't it? Or is it uh, called? Anyone can jump in. What was it called again? Go Band. And it is a fitness band. A fitness band. I don't know. We're, we've had two trues and one false. So I'm gonna say I would not read into I'm also, that. I'm going to agree with Dan, even though... <laughs> All right. So what's your answer? That's how it works, right? We're, we're both false. saying fake. It's, it's a lie. And it is a lie. I made that one up as well. <laughs> uh, and you're, you guys are tied, each with uh, three correct, because um, you each missed one. Uh, so for your final one, split the tie... Polar Electro. It is a fitness band. Uh, I'm going to say true. It's real. You're both going to agree. And you are right. It is true. So four to four, you guys tie this week. Very good. I see. I've got to stop doing these fake ones because I'm not as clever as I think I am. I go, oh, wrists. They'll totally think it's a real thing. No, that, that wasn't so bad. That wasn't so bad. I think... No, no, this wasn't bad. I think the the thing is, like, it's much easier to tell the real ones because the names are so ridiculous. iWatch like, is, is without a doubt. It's like an Italian company. It's one of my favorites because it was so yeah, crazy. It's like, it's, it's like too dumb to not be real. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's, I, I recommend if anyone wants to laugh, go look it up because this was when, when like Pebble was like first on Kickstarter, and they're like, we're gonna do a color screen, touch screen, Andrew Watch. It was running like gingerbread. Oh my god, it was so bad. Um, but uh, wonderful. Well, you guys did great. You tied this week. We'll have another challenge for you next week. Uh, but we got a lot more news to get into. So. All right. Wonderful. Uh, next on the docket is, um, let's stay with Google. Uh, this came out today, actually, so, uh, we talk about Google now. It's currently on Android, coming to smartwatches, and the good news is it's finally on your desktop. Uh, it was announced today that in the latest version of Android Co Chrome, Google Now is included, uh, on PC and Mac, um, it is currently not enabled by default, though it is built in. Uh, they're going to enable it in a slow rollout over the next couple weeks. So if you do want to give it a shot uh, and you're on the latest version, latest full, not beta version of Chrome, you can go into uh, Chrome colon slash slash flags and enable it yourself. Um, that's a little workaround. It will be turned on for everyone over the coming weeks. Uh, Google Now Cards will appear in Chrome's Notification Center, which if you've used Chrome and you're a Gmail user, those have been around for a while. Um, and it will uh, include weather, sports scores, event reminders, all that Google Now goodness. Um, and um, yeah, so that's exciting. Uh, I actually, I don't know if, I'm going to attempt to share uh, what mine look like. Um, if Google will let me. I tried to turn mine on, but I have to restart Chrome. Yeah, you have to restart Chrome. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not going to let me share, so we're going to cheat. Whoa. So there you go. That's what they look like. They come up, you see, there's a package shipment, there's the weather. Uh, I'm surprised I'm not getting the Bruins score because they're currently playing, but that shows up usually. Um, and those should hypothetically sync with your device. And. Oh, Bruins lost in a shootout. What a disappointment. <laughs> um, oh. Against our arch rivals, the Canadians. Damn them. Ah, damn Not the country, the Canadians. Oh. Uh, yeah, so it shows up like this. Uh, there's your Google Now notifications. There, I hope I didn't get you guys too motion sick. Um, yeah, so that is accessible through the Chrome Notification Center, which I don't know how it works on Mac, but if you're on Windows in the... Uh, tray where you have all the little icons. I don't even know what that's called. Where you have all the, there's a little bell, you know, the little Google bell. Uh, the system tray, isn't that system what it's tray. called? Thank you, yes. Yes. You can tell I'm a big fan of Windows. Um, now, what do you call the thing on the top on OS X, though? The bar? The bar. Uh, well, it's a bar. That's what I would call No, I don't. <laughs> I've heard it called the roof. The, the roof? Like the I like that. Menu. The status menu doesn't have the same ring as the roof, but <laughs> that's okay. Um, so yeah, so if you want to give that a shot, it's Chrome colon slash slash flags, or it will be turned on by default. 
in the coming weeks. Uh, as Dan laughs hysterically. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, so there you go. That's very exciting. Um, let's move on to another story. Uh, last week we talked about Panda, uh, Google Drive's prices going down and um, Prime's prices going up. Well, we are not alone. Uh, they are not alone. Pandora this week announced a big change to their pricing strategy. Previously, uh, if you were a Pandora One premium subscriber, it was $36 a year, which I would tell anybody was a great deal because um, those ads get annoying. Um, well, uh, they are doing away with that uh, entirely. They are now going to change uh, their monthly fees from $3.99 to $4.99, and the annual option will disappear entirely. They claim it's due to rising licensing costs, uh, which they says has increased 53% in the last five years. Existing monthly subscribers will be allowed to continue at $3.99, and annual subscribers will be transitioned to the discounted $3.99, but if you're new, you will go to $4.99. Uh, research has shown uh, consumers are willing to spend an average of $48 a year on digital music. However, Pandora still is cheaper than its competitors. Um, things like Spotify uh, at $10 a month, RDO for $10 a month, um, and things of those nature. So, uh, Yeah, but you don't get the same flexibility with... No, uh, you, no they're different services, yeah. honestly. I mean, they really are. They're, they're different. Also... Also, I think the the just desktop tier of Spotify is five bucks a month, unless they change that. Um, I believe yeah, it is less. And RDO is only five dollars if you do just web streaming, no mobile as well. So, Colby, have I seen you retrying RDO? Yeah, I sort of decided that like. So we get we get RDO accounts through work. So I decided I was like, well, maybe I should try saving ten dollars a month and just use this because mm-hmm. it's like kind of the same. It's really not that good. <laughs> it's like I like their I like their UI and I like the way that they handle like your collection of music. Like you can have playlists, but you can also add like albums and things to your collection without having to make it a playlist. Mm-hmm. Um, which is one of the annoying things about Spotify. Um, but overall, it just like the playing of the music doesn't work as well, which I find very annoying. Yeah, there's there's so much different competition and options, thank goodness today when it comes to listening to music, uh, which wasn't always the case. I, I know I've, I enjoy, I've been avoiding, I've never had a Spotify account, never had an RDO account, I'm avoiding it. <laughs> I don't know why, it's very irrational, but I guess because everyone else is doing it. Uh, but I've been yeah, using... Hipster uh, Sean. Hipster Sean. I've been using Google Play Music on web, uh, their mobile app on iOS is horrific. Um... <laughs> A Pandora and actually, I've been using. Didn't they come um, out with a an app for iOS? They did. It's awful. Oh. It's really okay. half baked. Not not that it like crashes, but it's like, what? There's so many weird features they just didn't include. It's like you can't reorder a playlist. You can shuffle a playlist. You can't choose a new order. You can't. I mean, it's like all kinds of weird. It's a pain <laughs> in the ass. Um, and actually, I've been using uh, Amazon's music uh, cloud service uh, recently, and I've been enjoying that as well. That works well. Mm-hmm. So so can you... I thought Amazon... Is that the cloud locker thing or a music locker or whatever they call it? Well, I buy my music... I don't have any of my previously owned music uploaded because um, mm-hmm. they get funky about that, but I do buy all my music through Amazon. So whenever I get new songs, um, they're automatically in the digital software, so... Gotcha. That's nice. And I'm really pissed because, I kid you not, Pandora sent me an email saying, your subscription is is up for renewal, and I didn't do anything about it, and then two days later, they're like, oh, we're raising the prices. <laughs> and I said, God damn it. I could have saved yeah, for the next year. I blew it. Um, alrighty. Let's move on. we got a lot of short stories today. Uh... 
if there's one thing Sony is known for, it's announcing ridiculous products that they may never ship and probably no one will buy. They continue that trend with Project Morpheus. Uh, that is the virtual reality headset for the PlayStation 4 because that's what people are really clamoring for, I suppose. Uh, it was announced this past week. Uh, let me get some stats for you. Currently codenamed Project Morpheus. It will work with the PlayStation 4. It uses a 1080p LCD screen offering a 90-degree field of view. It will integrate with the PlayStation camera for tracking and PlayStation Move for motion control. Um, it connects currently via HDMI and USB, although they hope to make it wireless in the future. Um, it's really funky looking. It's like it, it's a band on your head and then the glasses kind of like hang out. They don't actually mm -hmm. strap at the glass level. It's kind of like a headband. It's very... It, it looks cool, but uh, they have announced that it is not expected to come out this year. Uh, they don't have any pricing or any availability uh, listed. Yeah. Other than the fact that they hope virtual reality is the future, which we, which Nintendo tried to do in the 80s as far back as then. So I'm very bitter about this for some reason. I don't know. Yeah. Why. Are, you guys, are you guys excited for this, or am I just being a, a spoil sport? I wish it could be more awesome, but from what I read, there's some question as to whether even the PS4 could drive, because essentially what we have to do in that scenario is you have to drive two displays, uh, and there's some question as to whether the PS4 could drive two 1080p displays. Uh, so if it were less than that, it might be a tough sell. What is the new Oculus at? I think that's 1080p in each eye now, right? Yeah, but isn't that that's not LCD anymore? That's didn't the didn't they go to is it IPS? I can't remember what they went to, but they switched off of LCD because right? Well, yeah, but it doesn't matter. Like the graphics card is rendering whatever. Well, yeah, at the 1920 right. by 1080 pixels per 30 times a second. And then times two. Is Oculus uh, 1080 though, or is it is it 720? I think the, uh, the new one that they talked about at CES, I believe that's 1080. Yeah, what was that called? Crystal oh. Code. Crystal. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, yeah. I guess that makes sense. I mean, I guess Oculus is also not like constrained by the PS4, the the console they just released hardware. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't, I can't find how much how much the resolutions is. Yeah. Yeah. But no, the one we tried certainly wasn't 1080. <laughs> no. <laughs> Still cool though. Yeah, I'm really so they recently released the. Uh, or opened up pre-orders for the one they announced at CES, but mm -hmm. that anyone could buy. It didn't have to be like a Kickstarter backer, and I, I, am seriously considering it. So the the new Oculus Rift is not 1080p. It's 960 by 1080, which is not 1080p, but it does have the number 1080 in it. So there's that. I see. I see. <laughs> okay. Huh. That, that seems reasonable. Yeah. So I. Oh, listen. oh. So it's 1920 by 1080 in aggregate, but each eye is 960 by 1080. So when you add them together, it becomes 1920 by 1080. Oh, that makes okay. sense. Yeah. Yep. That does make sense. So maybe if they were clever about it, maybe the PS4 could do the full resolution like Oculus Rift. Yeah. What would be even cooler is if Oculus Rift could make their thing work for PS4 and you could have, like, a competition of third-party virtual, virtual reality peripherals on the consoles. Well, that's really the problem, is you don't want to have three different types of headsets uh, for each one of your consoles or devices. It, it, it would make sense to have only one across all your devices. I just... There's... It's kind of like, remember when the Wii came out, and everyone was excited, and they said, motion is the future of gaming. We're not going to use controllers anymore. Motion's the future. And then Kinect came out, and they said, hands-free is the future. We're not going to mm -hmm. use controllers anymore. Well, by God, we still use controllers. And I feel <laughs> like virtual reality is the same thing. It's going to be cool in a few select places. There's going to be a few people who are really big into it. 
but it's not like every home is going to have a virtual reality I headset. I don't know, though, Sean. Even, with, even if you just kept a controller, but the display was heads up, I just don't yeah. think people it's, want to wear it. It's them. really so impressive. I was, playing, I was playing The Last of Us this weekend, which is like this really rich storyline zombie video game. And while I was playing it, I was like, this is pretty scary. But imagine how scary it would be if I was playing this on Oculus Rift right now. And then that was all I wanted. Like... I could turn all the lights off I wanted, but it was still just this little rectangle, and I knew I now know what it feels like. I've been spoiled. But isn't that the same promise they made for 3D movies? Really? It's like it's gonna it's, you're gonna feel yeah, like you're in the difference. No. Movies are oftentimes oftentimes a uh, social activity, whereas video games, you know, unless you're sitting there playing with friends you're already doing something on your own, or at least in your own physical space. That's that's the difference for me, at least. Yeah, it's... Sean, it's... It's also not, like... Whereas 3D movies, like, pop out of the screen, it's not that. It's the fact that you move your head and you look around. It's, like, it's just mind-blowing. No, I, well, no I, under, like, I understand it's a different visual, but my, my point was the fad nature of it. The, the promise, and the over-promise and under-delivery was, was more the comparison. So, yeah. That's an interesting... So, I was... I forget what I... I think I was listening to ATP today, and they were talking about this. And one of the things they said is they were they were like, I don't know if if the Oculus people actually said this or they were just. Probably, or does in fact um, want Sony's thing to be really good because if it's if it's terrible and it gets released to the population before Oculus does, people are going to be like, oh, virtual reality is shit, and not want and not bother with it when Oculus is done with theirs. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I think, I think you, you, that's a fair point. The, the over-promise and under just like Colby's ISP overpromised and underdelivered his bandwidth today. Uh, it's something to worry about. Uh, wonderful. Because uh, could screw for everyone. That would be sad. Uh, I, I okay. Uh, I, I guess my point would be I would put money down that this is a product that is uh, you will never see on a Best Buy shelf. That's that's my point. That's my point. The I, Oculus Rift or the Sony one. The Sony one. I think. I think the the Oculus Rift. If I had to put money on one, I'd put it on the Oculus Rift, just because I think the the mainstream console audience is not going to be at least for the next several years the audience for this product. That's why I think PlayStation isn't going to be able to do it, because uh, people aren't going to buy it for their PlayStation 4s. They're going to buy it for their big people who are big into games and their big gaming PCs and who really want that immersive experience. It's not going to be the casual gamer on the couch. Uh, so that that I would just be surprised, but I think it's good, and and I I always like to see um, advancement in gamings and uh, to see what's next. So I don't know. It's inter- and it looks cool. I'll give them that. I mean, they can, des- they can design a good looking product. Very uh, very Daft Punk. Yeah, man, it's like the future. It's very RoboCop. I want the uh, the the Knight Rider style <laughs> lights that go back and forth. Uh, it's very cool. Um. We are going to end today's show with um, a couple quick stories from Twitter. Uh, how many of you guys were big fans of Twitter music? Raise your hand. I know, everybody, right? Uh, how many of you even knew it existed? I yeah. installed it. I never used it, though. No. This, <laughs> this goes back to my... And I don't want to get off on a tangent. Nothing, I used nothing it bugs me more than companies who... Go into an area they have Me no too. business being in. I saw Subway is selling pizzas now. Did you know this? It's on a flatbread. They're selling pizza, uh-huh. and I looked at that and I go, you know, they have the flatbread and the sauce and the toppings and an oven. I mean, it's not a big leap for them to do that, but why? <laughs> it's taking away from your core business. 
I can't imagine they're generating a lot of money. And then who's like, man, I have a hankering for pizza. Let's go to Subway. Like, it just makes no sense to me. <laughs> and Twitter music is a shining example of exactly what Twitter should not be doing. Um, Twitter music uh, was built by the team behind We Are Hunted, which was a music discovery service Twitter acquired in 2002. Um, 2002? Uh, 2012, thank you. Wow, that was an aggressive acquisition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> But uh, less than a week after the app's launch, Twitter's head of music left the company to join uh, the question-and-answer network Jelly. Um, and then by October, the company began making plans to shut it down, and now it's officially dead. Uh, the app is off the App Store. If you're currently using it, it will work until uh, April 18th. So uh, Twitter music is no more. So I know. It's sad. Rest in peace. Um Hmm. I, I just never quite understood it. Like it was I, I correct me if I'm wrong. It was it, it was, was really just kind of an aggregator of music related content on Twitter that would then forward you to other sites that could actually play the music. It was really supposed to be a discovery tool based upon uh, celebrities yeah. and musicians on Twitter. Um, and then it would forward you to an ancillary service to play, buy, stream the, the actual music. So, silly. Um, a few other things about Twitter. Twitter is doing this new thing. I read an interesting article a while back um, where, and maybe you guys can speak more to this because I think it's interesting, but... Um, when Twitter wants to test out new features, they sort of let a few select users of their mobile app try it out without really making a big fanfare announcement. They'll pick 100, 1,000 Android Twitter users, and they'll let them test out a new feature. Uh, and that's where we get a lot of these tiny leaks from about things Twitter is testing. Uh, that includes uh, showing how many people saw your tweets. You can currently do that on Facebook. Uh, gets uh, statistics about... Uh, your reach on your posts. Well, uh, Twitter's experimenting with how many people actually saw your tweet. Uh, there's also, they're experimenting with a favorite people's list, which sounds like lists they already have, but I guess it's going to be more predominant where you pick a select group of your favorite individuals uh, so you don't have to scroll through all the crap on your Twitter. You'll just get them from the things that matter most to you. Um, those are two among many features uh, Twitter has been reportedly testing through their apps. That's cool. I want that. A lot of a lot of other services do that, though. Yeah, it's a fascinating uh, concept to just sort of put it out there and see what happens. Yeah. Well, what do you expect to happen? Well, you could. I, I saw that the, for example, Twitter showing. Uh, how many people saw your tweets got kind of mixed reaction. There were some people who said, well, it's great for businesses, but yeah. the individual user said it's going to fundamentally change how people use the service um, and people focusing more on delivering numbers than on content. Um, wouldn't, it, isn't, wouldn't the opposite happen? If At least if I noticed that I was, like, tweeting a bunch, but only two people were looking at them. Also, what is it? does that just mean it showed up in the feed, or does that mean they, like, engaged with it in some way? It doesn't say. Again, we just know it exists. Even still, if I tweet things and no one looks at them, I would maybe be inspired to tweet less, but tweet more meaningful, interesting things. And I'm not sure why that benefits Twitter, but... Well, it benefits it on the corporate that. side is really what it does. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, an, it's really, as someone who manages social media accounts, Facebook is great because you get all kinds of really good data about what your content's doing, but on Twitter, it's a total crapshoot. I mean, other than retweets and favorites, and even those aren't a really good indicator. So at least for... Yeah, so you don't get any indication on Twitter other than retweets and favorites? Yeah, there's no viewed or seen or, or any of that. Um, so at least for the business side, that would be a big addition, and especially for a company that's focusing on profits and business and ad sales and those kind of things, it would make sense. Yeah. Um, very Fair cool. Enough. 
Well, unless you guys have any other thoughts on that, nice. um, we will move on to picks. <laughs> Picks. Uh, okay. Um, I'm going to jump in and go first because I can. Um, well, Dan leaves. Wow. Very sweet. Very kind man. Um, that's okay. I'm going to just roll with it. Just roll with the punches. Uh, I actually have two picks this week, but they're, they're smaller picks. I promise I'm not going to uh, bore you with two long picks. They're quick. Uh, the first, I've talked previously on the show about the importance of two-factor authentication, uh, the fact that you need to keep your account secure and simply having a password these days isn't good enough. Um, but, at least as far as I've noticed, there hasn't been a good way to um, to highlight what sites have two-factor authentication available. I found this site. It's a great resource. It's two-factor auth, A uth.org. Uh, it's just a GitHub site someone put together. Um, look at me, I sound so technical. Uh, <laughs> and essentially what it does is it's a list of popular websites and if they offer two-factor authentication and through which services, whether it's SMS, Google Authenticator, uh, a custom solution, uh, it'll tell you what sites are currently working on it and which sites don't have it. Um, and I was actually surprised because there are several sites when I looked here that I use that I didn't even realize had two-factor authentication, and I said, geez, I should go turn that on. So it's a, yeah. it's a simple, quick site, but it's a really great resource. You should go on, see what services you use, um, and if scroll, you don't have it, turn it on. Scroll on down to the e-commerce section there and check out which company actually has two-factor authentication. i got to find it. I scrolled by it. There's so many. Retail. Oh, look, Apple has it. That's really neat. Uh-huh. Not so Amazon. Not New Banks. Yep. No, but Etsy, Etsy does. Course. Yes. As does Facebook. Uh, to be Before, fair, we yeah. used to be the only company in the e-commerce section or shopping section that had SMS, but then they added Apple. And then, then we no longer had that distinction. Yeah, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Dan. The web is getting more secure. I know it's a real bummer for you. Uh, um, <laughs> so yeah, so I I think it's really neat. It's it's a, one of those things I'm gonna bookmark and check back once in a while because uh, especially because I use the Google Authenticator app, which not everything supports, and they you know as companies add that support, um, I'll certainly add it. You know things like uh, I find Twitter is really irritating because they either SMS you or you have to use the Twitter app. It's kind of like, okay. It's better than mm -hmm. nothing, but it's kind of a... I, I like having them all in one app, but... Um, yeah, so that's twofactorauthauth.org. Uh, check it out, and please turn on two-factor authentication. Please, you'll be very... It saved me from having the Turkish army hacking my Twitter account. True story. <laughs> I don't know if it, it was somebody from Turkey. Uh, and I got a text asking me to verify my account in Turkish. Uh, and I said, God, I need to change my passwords. So uh, it does save you. Uh, my other pick, uh, another quickie. This, this was just hilarious to me. Um, some guy spent a year and a half, uh, if you guys are fans of The Office, the television series, he went through every episode of The Office and marked every single pop culture reference. Then he created the Office time machine. So the way it works is you put in a year, um, and you hit go, and what happens is um, he's created a series of videos that show each uh, pop culture reference from that given year hmm. in the show. So, for example, <laughs> 1983, Islands in the Stream, Karma Chameleon, um, Mr. T. I mean, every time something is mentioned on the show you can look up all the references of that year throughout the entire run of the show. Um, and it's it's one of those things where it's like, it's not the most useful thing, but God, it's a fun way to spend like half an hour. And you put in, you know, like, it, they do, he does a funny thing if you put in a future year that doesn't exist, or you can even go to like the year zero when they talk about Jesus and things like that. I mean, it's really... <laughs> this guy clearly spent way too much time doing this, and it's if you're a fan of The Office um, or just pop culture in general, it's kind of a fun way to spend uh, 
spend some time. It's theofficetimemachine.com. Um, and check it out before NBC decides to be a jerk and uh, hmm. and pull it down, which I hope doesn't happen, but <laughs> you know how these things work. Uh, yeah, so those are my, my pick this week, twofactorauth.org and theofficetimemachine.com. Have some fun, kids. Uh, okay, who wants nice. to uh, who wants to go next? Colby hey, should be on try. Now. Okay, Colby. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I finally caved and um, like un- under the pressure of of Dan's raving about having a me- mechanical keyboard. Um, so I bought a mechanical keyboard, and I got the the code keyboard, which is Jeff Jeff Atwood of he writes a blog called Coding Horror, um, and he like designed the his perfect keyboard. I can't. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Set. Oh, okay. Your cool. internet's you're just working. So you're very quiet and attentive. It's unlike you. This is fascinating. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah. So so I got it, and I got it last week on Wednesday, I guess. And I've been using it work it at work ever since, and it's it's really cool. It's it's a a very different experience. It feels very satisfying, though. I ha- I have been finding my fingers get tired, um, <laughs> which is not something I've experienced before. And I think it's I think it's because I I like I press the keys too hard, like. You don't have to press the keys down all the way to make it go. Um, like there's there's like a a certain point where it clicks and then and then it goes. Um, so you can, like it's not all the way. So so and you can feel when it clicks. It's just I haven't gotten used to like feeling it and moving on instead of like jamming it all the way down. Um, so I, I got work on that. It's interesting. Um, but one of the things I like about this keyboard is that it has a bunch of, like, on, on the hardware, these configuration switches that you can switch. So, for example, if you're on a Mac, there's one to, like, flip the, the like, OS and, and Alt keys. Um, but there's also one to hardware wire the caps lock key to control, which is something I do um, on my... on in at the OS level anyways. Um, so that's awesome because I never have to go in and change that in Mac OS again because I can just change it. Um, there's a there's a bunch of cool things like that. Uh, it also has a backlight, which is neat. I haven't used it yet because I use it at work and I'm at work like during the day in like bright-ass lights. Uh, and it also came with like this key-pulling tool that makes it really easy to take the keys off, which was fun because I I had to do that to switch around my my OS and Alt keys. Uh, and what else? Oh, the other thing that like I would not have thought of, but everyone says is really awesome, especially if you're investing like over a hundred dollars in a keyboard. Um, the cable is like. And on one end, it's like regular USB, but on the other end, like it actually unplugs from the keyboard, and it's just a, a mini, like, micro USB port. Um, so, like, if something happens to your cable, you don't have to, like, take it to a store to get a new one or something. You just get a different micro USB cable and plug it in. Um, so that's pretty clever. It's also it's also incredibly solid. Like, it weighs, like, two pounds. It's, it's heavy. <laughs> like, you could hurt somebody. But, um, but it... Consequently, it never moves on your desk ever, unless you pick it up and move it. <laughs> but, it yeah, is so so far, I'm, one time use keyboard. Effectively, it's super cool. <laughs> no, but yeah, I'm, I'm like like I said, I've only been using it for a few days. I'm still getting used to it, but I'll I'll report back. So my feedback is is positive so far. It's and and I will say I was I was looking on the website at the prices of these keyboards, um, if you wanted to go out and get one, and I said, wow, one hundred seventy dollars is a lot of money. And then I thought about it and I said, 
Well, it's kind of like a carpenter buying a nice hammer or a truck driver buying a nice truck. Like, you guys use it all the t- like all day, yeah. every day. Um, so that seems like a good investment. Yeah. It does. It's, it's a really weird feeling. Cause like, I wouldn't have thought it would make that much of a difference, but it's, it's like when you get going typing and you know what you're typing, it fe- just feels so good. You can just, like, bang shit out. It's very satisfying <laughs> in a, in a hard-to-describe way. Yeah. And it may be something only people who have, like, typing-intensive jobs may understand, but I don't know. Like, yeah, it's cool. Very neat. Code Keyboard. CodeKeyboards.com. Am I up next? You, you are, Dan, bringing us the, the, the latest in the written word. Yeah. So, uh, I th- did I recommend Name of the Wind some time ago? I, we talked about it, yeah. Maybe. So, there's yeah. this guy named Patrick Rothfuss, and he wrote two really good books, and the third one isn't out yet. Luckily, in his blog, which highly recommended, that's my other pick, blog.patrickrothfuss.com. It's hilarious. Uh, he, like, describes interactions with his child and things. Patrick Rothfuss can tell any story and make you, like, 100% engrossed in it. Uh, but through him, I found out about his professional friend, Brandon Sanderson, who is, I guess, best known for finishing Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series, which I have not read. But he did write this book called The Way of Kings, which is his, like... Magnum Opus trilogy, yeah, yeah. Uh, Holy book! Yeah, if you want to be reading a book for a couple weeks, solid. <laughs> this is the book. It starts off a little bit slow, but if you're into like the epic fantasy of Tolkien and Patrick Rothfuss, then that highly recommended. Lots of crazy things happen. It's really well told. Uh, it's a story that's well-crafted. He has also written uh, a bunch of other books. The Mistborn Trilogy is what most people recommend you read when you uh, start reading his stuff. It's a little young adult, so I don't know. I liked it. Uh, I've been trying to... So, oh, so anyways, I've been trying to read everything he's ever written, so that's been my goal for the next couple months. Uh, unlike Patrick Rothfuss and George Martin, he publishes like two books a year, so I might even, he might even get ahead of me. But read the Mistborn trilogy, read uh, Alloy of Law, which is this new trilogy he started, which is kind of like Firefly meets magic. So it's like like cowboys who can do magic and like solve crimes. It's it was so much fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was awesome. It was that's just the best like I've ever heard. Yeah, it was great. Uh, I'm now reading Elantris, which is about this, like, city that had all godlike people in it, but now they're all zombies. How did that happen? Uh, so, on one hand, fantasy is, like, it's not the most hard-hitting of literature. I even had someone try to tell me that it isn't literature at all. But any author can tell any story and if they're a good author make you really care about it like Terry Pratchett and his gnomes that are stuck in the warehouse are a perfect example of that Uh, and Brandon Sanderson could tell any story and I would want to read it hopefully he starts a blog where he talks about the drawings that his kid is making because I would read that too Uh, so The Way of Kings Brandon Sanderson is my pick for this week Nice, nice. Yeah, it's good. It's good. We get we get people reading. That's which is good. People should do that more. So yeah. And that one will take you a while. So yeah. And then there's a sequel to this that just came out called uh, Words of Radiance. Do they deliver that on a flatbed? Just as thick. <laughs> no, I deliver it on the Kindle, and then my my Kindle doesn't weigh anymore after it receives it. Thank goodness. I was about to say, yeah, that's a perfect book for Kindle. <laughs> yes. Yep. That's you great. can take both of those with you on a trip and only have to take your Kindle, which is the miracle of modern technology. Ten-year-old Dan <laughs> is so envious. Don't panic. 
we have a solution. Uh, very good. Well, those were some great picks. Uh, what a wonderful show we have done here, people. Uh, I want to uh, thank everyone for watching and listening. Uh, we appreciate it uh, greatly. Uh, if you have feedback on the show, you should definitely let us know. Uh, we're always looking to make the show better. Uh, and, of course, your help is invaluable. So don'tpanicshow at gmail.com is our email. You can also hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash don'tpanicshow. And, of course, our website, don'tpanic.io, has all the latest. Uh, definitely subscribe on iTunes and via RSS. Uh, we will be back next Monday, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, with even more tech news. Uh, of course, a big thanks to Colby Rabidou, Dan Miller, uh, and I'll thank myself because I was here. Uh, I took the time to show up. <laughs> thank you, Sean. That's, oh, thanks Dan, for being here. I mean, I wasn't asking for it, but I appreciate the <laughs> that, you, that you did it. Uh, very good. Uh, well, why don't we uh, we'll wrap up the show. We'll see you guys next week. Uh, thanks for watching. Goodbye. <laughs>